Welcome to Fairies and Folklore, generously supported by the law firm of Cranjack, Tripodi, and Partners. It is common knowledge that fairies are greatly attracted by the beauty of mortal women. Perhaps I should say it used to be common knowledge. Knowledge of the little folk has dwindled in recent times. Now it seems they are all but forgotten. Be that as it may, many a merry maiden has found herself, on a moonlit night, suddenly spirited away to the fairy palace where King Oberon reigns, knowing not how she arrived. All she remembers is the sweet sound of the fairy music, its soft tones weaving a spell that leaves her entranced forevermore, forgetful of her past life above ground. There was once a great lord who had a beautiful wife named Nora, and she was the most beautiful bride in all the land. Her husband was so in love with her that each evening he hosted the most magnificent balls in her honor. Night after night there was feasting, dancing, and splendid music. One evening, while Nora was dancing, and all around her were saying how beautiful she looked, for indeed she had never looked more radiant, she suddenly let go of her partner and fell to the floor abruptly in a swoon. They took her to her room, but try as they may, no one could wake her. Indeed, she may have been dead, but for the faintest of breaths that gave her husband hope. Then. Early the next morning, she suddenly awoke. Oh, my! What a wonderful dance! I wish you could have been there. Do you not remember? We were dancing when you fainted. No, no, I mean at the palace. It was so lovely, and the music, oh, my husband, you've never heard the like. It was all so wonderful. I'd gladly sleep again, if only to visit it in my dreams. Thinking she was unwell, her husband watched her all day. But as evening came, she grew tired of his caution and went to her room to be alone. Later, as her husband approached the door, he heard soft music drifting from an open window. Strange, he thought, as he opened the door. To his horror, he saw that she once again lay in a deep trance. Nora! He rushed to the bed, but nothing could wake her. Not knowing what to do, he set a servant to watch her while he himself went for help. But when he returned, the servant was asleep and the bride was gone. He sent messengers in all directions, but no one had seen her. In desperation, he went on his swiftest steed to seek the advice of King Oberon. For he was a broken man, and hoped the fairy king would help him, for he and Oberon were friends. In those days, men would still honor the fairy king by leaving him gifts. As he approached the hill under which the fairy palace was known to lie, he heard voices high above him. Knowing them to be fairies, he was about to speak to them when he heard something that made his blood run cold. The king is right glad now, true enough, 
The beautiful bride is his at last. Nevermore shall she see her husband's face. Traitor, thought the young man angrily. Yet no fairy, man, or beast shall come between me and my love. That night, the Lord called together all the workmen in the area, and early the next morning they set to work, digging through the hill that hid the fairy palace. The work was long and hard, and the going was slow. When they had dug a great trench, they were obliged to stop, for the sun had set and they could no longer see. Exhausted, the men went home to rest. But when they returned the next morning... The trench was gone, and the earth lay undisturbed by their labour, for King Oberon had great powers over the earth, air, and sea. But Nora's husband was very brave, and the men began again, each of them thinking of their own wives, daughters, or mothers, and at nightfall there stood an even larger trench than before. For three days they toiled, but always with the same result. The earth remained untouched when they returned every morning. Not one shovel of earth lay overturned. The young lord was beside himself with rage and grief. He sent the men home so that he could be alone with his tears. Suddenly, while he was weeping, he heard a voice, like a whisper from the wind, and it said, Sprinkle the earth that you dig up with salt and the fairy king will not be able to intervene. Overcome with joy, the Lord sent word high and low to collect salt from all the people, and the workers dug again with renewed strength. In the evening, salt was strewn over their work, and they went home. Early the next morning, a crowd gathered, and a great cheer went up when it was seen that their work was preserved. Knowing he now had the upper hand, for a fairy's might is in his enchantments, not his strength. Nora's husband encouraged the men anew, for soon they would be at Oberon's palace. Indeed, as the sun lowered in the sky, the workers began to hear muted strains of the fairy music, and not long after that, urgent conversation. Surely if they reach us, we shall be overrun. We must give up the bride. Suddenly, the voice of the fairy king himself was heard, and it seemed to come from all around them. Stop your work, and at sunset the bride will be returned to her husband. I, King Oberon, have spoken. Picks, spades, and shovels were laid aside as the lord agreed to the terms. Then the matter is ended. Only you must swear to take no further actions against us in this, for we are now in your power. It was agreed, and the deal was solemnized and sealed with magic so that it could not be broken. King Oberon also gave the husband a beautiful necklace made of precious jewels and stones, worth far more than anything forged by the hand of man. At sunset, just as the sun dipped below the horizon and a flash of green split the sky, the bride was seen, young and beautiful as ever. 
all rejoiced as the bride and her husband were reunited and she was soon home. As it was late and she was tired, the servants lay Nora in her bed. She closed her eyes and slept and did not stir all the next day and then the next. Day after day passed in this way. Still, she neither opened her eyes nor spoke a single word. She was like a statue, beautiful and cold. All who knew her grieved, for they feared she had eaten of the fairy food, which is known to make an enchantment unbreakable. Her husband wept bitterly, for he was too late. He had saved her body, but his wife's precious spirit was gone. A year passed, and the husband rode out once again to the fairy hill to grieve. No one went near the area anymore, and the deep cuts they had made ran like scars in the earth. As he drew nearer, he heard the sound of laughter, out of place among the grey and misty morning and the bitter memories of the young lord. It was a year ago today she was returned, and much good it did her or her husband without her spirit. The king is not so easily defeated. Nora's husband hid himself behind a rock and listened closely. He really thought it was a gift. Humans see what they want to see, especially in jewels. And never forget, they have no understanding of magic. The poor fool can't even recognize a spirit stone when it stares him in the face. Aye, that is the king's chief amusement. The power to free her is under his very nose. If he would but cast the necklace into the fire and bury the remains, she would be free. Hearing this, Nora's husband hurried home to test the truth of their words. As he burst through the door, he ran for the necklace and flung it into the fire. His servant thought him mad, but as it burned, another servant came from watching his wife. Sir, your wife has opened her eyes, but she still will not speak nor move. Taking the remains of the necklace, he went and buried them. When he returned, his wife was sitting up in bed. When she saw him, she smiled, but then she furrowed her eyes and thought, Are you all right? I... I think so. I recognize you, but it seems from a distant dream. You are... my husband. But why are all the servants here? And why, why are you crying? For it was true, the young lord had started crying. In reply, he took her in his arms and kissed her. And as soon as he did, her full memory was returned to her. That night, there was a large celebration for all the country. And they lived happily ever after. There is only one thing left to add, and that is this. It is not altogether true what one fairy said, that humans know nothing of magic. Who among us has not heard the beautiful strains of a melody and been transported to a distant memory? 
Who has not gazed on a sunset and wondered at some time or another if there was a master artist? These things whispered to us about a reality greater than our own and are given to us that we may search until we find it. The End